0: Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, and Bill's Pipes. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with us on the line, we've got the 111 of Michael Sleater. Michael, how's it going?
1: I'm good, boss. Thanks. Thanks for asking.
0: Right on. Um, I believe you had a little bit of a get-off on the mountain bike today uh, after a product uh, meeting. Uh, You went out, you were really... Deciding to, to put some testing done with those uh, those One Industries helmets. Uh, tell us a little bit about your evening on the May the
1: 4th. Yeah, man. I, today, actually, is kind of a typical Monday, uh, to be honest. It's kind of cool looking to recap this how my, my job is, in a sense. Um, it's Monday, and I went down to 100% in San Diego, and uh, yeah, uh, met up with One Industries as well, and um, just kind of go with some product for... 100%, and then on the way back, I met with Sean Ryan, the product manager at one, and gone over some pad stuff, just that and the other, and then we went for an evening mountain bike session where I decided to try out my 661 pads and helmet and jersey and all that good stuff, but yeah, man, I'm pretty fortunate, I'm a pretty smooth and calculated guy, but this rock garden just... Decided to test me out and get the better of me, but you know, you gotta, you gotta be uh, put back in your place a little bit. It's been a while, so kinda, kinda makes you feel alive, I
0: guess. 100%. As you mentioned earlier, uh, more often than not, it's not if, it's when, uh, the, the train bit you this time, but, uh, you're pretty skilled on two wheels (laughs) and I've been so for quite some time. Uh, what kind of mountain bike do you run?
1: I actually, um, I, uh, I provide, an intense tracer. I and an intense hardtail when I do cross-country because I'm a bit of a bicycle kind of a dork. I love to train and pedal and, um, uh, you know, go from there, you know, do all that good stuff. So I, um, I, I like I said, I ride my five and a half inch, six inch travel, uh, tracer 275 and then I ride my hard Eddie 29er when I'm doing more of a training exercise, is like
0: I was going to ask I was betting you probably a 29er guy because they have a lot of hills up there uh, in, in California uh, the 29 are definitely uh, to your advantage there and uh, as more all cycling enthusiasts you have a stable full of bicycles uh, because uh, there was a time when you had one mountain bike for everything now you have or one mountain bike for ten different terrains now you have ten different mountain bikes for ten different terrains uh, which one's your personal favorite at this point
1: Probably the the
0: two seven five Tracer,
1: my my trail bike, just because I can, um, I can take it down. It's like basically it can handle pretty much any downhill, and it can uh, climb almost as good as older cross country bikes. in can descend, and then like I said, the hardtail is strictly go fast bike. It's more of like just get kitted up and go die climbing mountains. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, man. Um, I, I'm from Canada. Any chance that you've ever been to uh, as far north as uh, Whistler to ride your mo- your mo- motorcycle?
1: I, I, I unfortunately I haven't. That's a that's a bucket list. You got to go. To yeah, it's, it's definitely
0: a lovely list. Right on. So as uh, you mentioned, this is a typical Monday, and I have a strong feeling that you probably started your day with a hot cup of coffee. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you've developed the uh, the Mainline Coffee Co., uh, basically, and not only just the, the company itself, but uh, how you stumbled across that, la- that name, because uh, I feel like it kind of ties in to uh, your two-wheel passion as well.
1: Yeah, coffee, um, I I got into coffee about, like, seven, eight years ago, just enjoying a good cup of coffee and um, really like just loved coffee. And I never really was, like, actually got into being kind of more of, as you call it, a coffee snob until I started, like, actually testing, like, coffee to do my own thing. And it evolved, like, really, I never, like, wanted to do my own coffee thing. I just wanted my own thing. Like, I, I get to work with some of the best companies as far as development and product and represent and race for but I feel in the industry as far as KTM, one industry, 100%, CD, I'm surrounded by like the best people. So I'm not going to go out and like make my own product or make clothing company and basically like take a crap on my own plate when I can work for those companies that have the best products and I can utilize my knowledge and make good, make better product for them. So I kind of always just like, yeah, what am I going to do to like have my own thing? Like, like, I want my own product. I want my own stuff. And as I got older, I'm like, I need, you know, I need, a, like, a non, like, I don't want to compete against any moto brands. I don't want to, I kind of want a fun, cool thing that's not, like, hurting anything, you know? Like, it's just everyone's friends with, right? Yeah, and totally. A friend of mine that I mountain bike with, I'm like, two of came to me one day, he's like, oh, man, I want to start a clothing company. I want to call it Mainline. Like, you know, we made my, like on the Mainline, on our mountain bikes and our dirt bikes, and like... Uh, that's kind of gay, dude. Like, I think that's pretty lame. Like, I can't wear a clothing company besides the for industries or 100%. So, I'm kind of out on that, you know? And he's like, Really? I'm like, What? What? I have this idea. Of, like, one day open a coffee coffee shop and have a rad lounge and, like, very moto, like, vintage inspired and, you know, like, mainline coffee, like, you know, hitting the mainline. Like, and he's like, Yeah, that's killer. I'm like, We'll do it together. And long story short, he kind of like decided to do his own thing and he makes those Scorpion bike stands now. okay, he, cool. He like, does that. And uh, he does some cool, like, moto inspired bike stands for bicycles. And uh, he had another good friend that he's sponsoring back in the day, Racing Moto. He's a tile guy. and I told him about the mainline idea. And uh, he said, uh, dude, I'm in. You know, I just couldn't take the risk on my own to kind of get into this. My buddy, Danny Greg just fully have my back and we're 50-50 and he just kind of likes to stay like behind the scenes and but he's a very, very, very big part of this and he believes in my theory and he shares in fashion for two wheels and riding and surfing and skating and the whole like active lifestyle so we basically, once he figured out what we wanted to accomplish it was about getting good product and we didn't want to have bad product. We wanted the product to be like better than the marketing in a sense but the product speaks for itself and my, my my partner Danny went on the hunt he utilized all his contacts I utilized all my contacts and quickly we became pretty knowledgeable about coffee and where it's from uh, you know made and and the process of it and uh, we he acquired a roster through one of his contacts and the guy is just unbelievable and believe in what we do and I, I, I've put our coffee up against any of these awesome coffee companies like James Crepe Coffee Co. or, you know, any of these really, really good craft coffee companies that I really, you know, stand behind our product as a bunch.
0: hundred percent and uh, coffee is actually a unique um Product to, uh, to to tackle because I don't think there's a single person out there, unless you're not a coffee person at all, uh, that doesn't enjoy a good cup of coffee. Whether you're a moto fan, whether you're a cyclist, whether you're a, a bench racer, or uh, you're a weekend warrior racing almost every single weekend, uh, you love a good cup of coffee. It starts you up uh, early in the morning, as our motos usually do. Uh, it, it's it's a really cool, I, in my opinion. It was it was a like a healthy alternative to say the energy drinks that some people uh, will will turn to um and uh so how did you Develop that, that knowledge of it, of course. Like you, with with product knowledge and research and stuff like that, you you soon became uh, a bit of a an expert with it, of course. And yourself also being a, a bit of a coffee, uh, uh, as you said, uh, a bit of a critic of, of certain uh, of lesser coffees. Um, what was the process like deciding which beans you were gonna go with? Uh, what kind of uh, uh, flavor you were going for? You
1: know, honestly, we have I think. Six, seven different blends right now on, online, and um, we—I've we, we, utilized friends, family, or Danny and I both utilize friends and family, and like our, our palette. And it's all relative. To, like even like bird bite testing, really is like you start with a base, like your base taste, like you know, make, and reference against other other coffees. And like I said, there's some unreal coffee companies out there that have the most unreal stuff. And I have so much to learn, but like. Our roaster, we don't roast. Like, I, I don't run a roaster myself, so I'm not going to go and like talk about like roasting times and in the harvest. Like, I trust in our roaster right now. And at some point, we're going to have to learn to roast because of the quantities are getting higher in our business. And he told us he'll come down and train us. But right now, we really, really rely on our roaster to keep that quality control and keep it, keep it really, you know, good and, and, we haven't had any negative feedback on our roast. We, you know, we offer a single origin with a single origin if people aren't aware of it. So I'm like, say, Costa Rica, the Costa Rican bean, or, you know, a South African bean. That's a single origin. And we you have, like, our blend, which is our most popular, like, an Ace of Spades. And that's, like, a multiple blend where, like, a really not, like, coffee. Like, coffee person like will maybe only drink single origin because they really like a certain taste. We're, like... We are kind of like, um, we're not super gnarly, but like, you know, we only do X, Y, Z and um, coffee, and we're not like, we don't have pure egg at the moment, where we do k some where it's like super just saturated, and that's really like a tough part with coffee is because coffee is a convenience. People want to wake up and have their coffee, like you said, so like, whether it's on the work, dip them into like the local drive through or their gas station when they get fuel, or how it is. It's really tough. For what I've learned with the market is, you know, people might love your coffee, but if it's not convenient for them to get, they're probably not going to get it unless they're really in the good coffee. So that's the struggle we've had as far as just actually tangibly making money. Like, we're not getting rich at a whole lot any means, but we're learning the craft, learning what our company needs to be in its space, and uh, kind of just taking one month at a time evaluating our business and, and learning.
0: So uh, as far as uh, who you would uh, compare yourselves to, you guys are a, a premium coffee brand. Uh, it's uh, extremely rich flavor. I, I haven't had the benefit of, uh, of enjoying a cup, but I've only heard good things. Uh, who would you compare yourselves to so to give the listeners an idea of the flavors uh, or the, uh, the blends that you're able to uh, achieve? Like, like, We kind of
1: really look up to like James Coffee Co., Bear State Coffee a lot of these more craft, craft companies, and it you know, really a huge coffee guy, I understand those brands, mm-hmm. maybe, like, you think of, like, compared to beer, like, a Starbucks would be, like, a like cool of light, like, you know, yeah. very, like, commercial, very produced, and then, like, a good beer would be, like, a, a good IPA, or a good, like, a stone, good stone brew from, like, you know, like, a good local brewery, and um, even a Sam Adams is kind of, like, still has a good quality control, but. Starbucks is more of a Coors Light, natural ice, like kind of just, like convenient, easy, cheap. Um, and then like a good, you know, good beer would be like a Stone, um, you know, Sam Adams, you know, Corona. But we're more of like a more crafty, like Stone, even more of that, just more of a craft coffee company. Very we control our products; doesn't sit on the shelf. So we don't have, even have distribution; we just only distribute distribute ourselves because coffee beans have a shelf life, and we don't want someone that like say the local supermarket to stop our coffee and then it sits on the shelf for three weeks and the first case someone we out of, a, of our coffee is um like a stale coffee bean you know yeah so that's the difference people don't realize that like coffee's alive like when you grind it as soon as you grind that coffee bean it, it's kind of like there's a, there's, it, it goes away. So none of our coffee is even ground. Like we don't grind it unless someone asks us to because we don't have a grinder and we'll ship it to them pre ground. But as soon as you grind it, you compromise the quality of your. Of your uh, being in six-four period
0: of your 4 period of time yeah you've got a window of time that you can enjoy that coffee where it's at its optimum and then after anything after that is kind of a, a shell of its former self you're not really getting uh, it's true uh, it's true representation that's really cool um, over your time testing coffees same way you do testing uh, motocross bikes uh, did you ever run across a flavor that uh, or a blend that really didn't agree with you?
1: Um, you know what? Not not too much. Like, there's like the single origins are pretty like they call them earthy. Like, they almost like taste. You can almost taste a little bit of dirt. Like a little bit. Like it's super, very like organic and like I said, earthy. Like, and it, it's just a little bit. Like I put cream in my coffee. I'm not even. I don't even drink it black. Like I said, we're a brand, but we're not trying to be coffee mugs. Like, if you want sugar and cream in your in your coffee, that's okay. Like, I'm not gonna tell you how to have your coffee. Like, so. Like a good like single origin coffee, and a little too like earthy and like like strong for me. I'd like you know more of like a uh, like a uh, a lighter roast, you know, not not so earthy.
0: Cool man. Well, uh, who where can people get more info on uh, the your coffee and where can they uh, go order some? Because uh, I know my I myself, yeah. I, I got to get on uh, the website and uh, send some on up to Canada.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, themainlinecoffeeco.com and, um, all of our social networks from, uh, themainlinecoffeeco on Instagram, the main, the underscore mainline Twitter, themainlinecoffeeco on Facebook, all we're on all the those social networks. And, um, yeah, just, you can DM us if you have any questions and try to stay very active on that stuff and really, um, you know, reach out to everyone and educate them. And if they have some ideas and something they're looking after, they can educate us as well.
0: Absolutely. And the fact that, uh, you can also sign up for your newsletter on the website for any, uh, updates you guys might have.
1: Yeah. And like uh, our newsletters, we try to be up on that as much as we can, as well as, uh, we kind of have a, this week we week have a contest running for a you know, gift card. If you go over and call the steps on the website now, you can get a free gift card as long as you, uh,
0: follow the steps on, on the website alright guys. Right, guys All right, guys. it's, time for, it's time for a commercial if there's one item to be picky about it's choosing the right helmet I'm Andrew Short and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing you too can wear the exact same helmet I wear Trey Kennard wears Jimmy Alberson wears and many others the F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety lightweight materials phenomenal airflow and a super comfortable sweat absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice or just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today and go check them out. You won't be disappointed. 100%. Now, when I think of three different things, I now think of Michael Sleder. For the longest time, I, when I think One Industries, I think Michael Sleder. When I think KTM, I think Michael Sleder. When I think two-stroke motocross bikes, I now think of Michael Slater. Uh Explain to me why uh, you come up on the three of those very important topics.
1: Man, the opportunities that, that- you know the industries than KTM has given me. Um, to be honest, I have had great relationships with people at those brands, and I was fortunate enough to be at the like, kind of start of the curve of both those brands, excellence and of uh, their 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 uh, strive to their drive to this top. And and you know what? Um, like I said, without KTM providing me tools, I couldn't wear gear. And and uh, KTM has been behind me, and I've been fortunate to work for them for a little over 10 years now. I was testing in early 04 for the first two 250F and that company's never stopped making two strokes. So I was always able to ride two strokes. So that, like I said, with one, there's not the other. And one industry's always been behind me with uh, supporting my projects and my and my ambitions of cycling now in the last four years and and traveling and doing photo shoots and, like I said, couldn't get out without that motorcycle. So it's been a collaborative effort with two different companies that don't talk, really
0: yeah totally that's really cool man and uh so um i came to the understanding that uh, you did in fact uh have a, a large hand in developing the uh the 2015 and and also the year ones before it uh, the ktm motorcycles and like the, especially the 2015 and a half models that uh, have made a huge splash. Uh, they're sold out everywhere. No one can get their hands on them. And they're extremely, uh, they're, they're, they're getting ex- tons of success in the professional series. series. Um, what, what was your involvement in the development of those motorcycles? And how do you feel when you see KTM going 1-1 uh, weekend after weekend after weekend?
1: Um, it all starts in Austria. It, it really does. The, the the crew in Austria um, works so damn hard, and they are so driven in every department of the brand. And then it comes to the U.S. and our 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 team here is is just so determined to not let them down. And they've been successful in Austria for years, you know, a decade probably. And we haven't been in America, and they kind of honestly wondered why. And it just took time. And their bikes worked. the bikes always worked good in Austria, but our, our equipment was different. And then having Roger DeCoster come over and having that, that, um, the heavy hand and that, 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 uh, credibility that we were missing a little bit, um, he, all of the stuff we were complaining about, he was able to drive home and, uh, you know, like I, I'm paid to complain. My job is to complain and make product better. And, and Austria has given us the opportunity here. We have a North American spec bike that's built the last, you know, eight years for America. It's just a suspension settings that our team comes up with. Over here, um, uh, our R&D team comes up with. So it's just been getting better and better. And they have a plan. Like, they have a long-term plan, and they take the right steps. And it's just from the people and Austria to the product managers here to the engine guys I mean everyone's got the same goal that's really the bottom line Have the same goal to a better product they don't have a chip on their shoulder they 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 want to be better they we evaluate other products we're fans of the sport people are young they're excited so like I said all those things that sounds cliche or fake but it's true like, Everyone rides. Everyone rides in Austria that I work with. Like I was just over in Italy, and I, the product manager there, Matt, uh, Mandy, he he, I, after five days of testing nonstop, he was managing the test not riding. And I said, "What are you doing?" this weekend, "Mandy." As I'm driving to the airport, he said, "Oh, I'm gonna try to ride tomorrow." So I mean, that speaks for the brand. The the president over here, John Eric Burleson, he rides. My product manager rides. My boss in R and D rides. Like we all lie, um Lytle is my boss in r and d I mean he's a super club winner, so we all understand what needs to take place. And it's just a matter of making it happen, and k t m as a brand makes it happen
0: and Lionel would have been the two thousand West Coast championship if not for a broken arm. am I correct
1: um uh with jesse Nelson?
0: uh well, that was been two thousand, so that was uh, Shea Bentley's championship, oh, oh, but Lytle oh, broke his oh, arm.
1: Oh, oh oh Lytle, yeah, Lytle, yeah, I'm sorry. Lytle broke his arm, yeah. Um yeah, he you know, the guy is so modest, he'll never say that. You know, he he's the guy of a legend and yeah. he he just he just he's a hard worker, the guy the guy, you know, Warden that he can get tomorrow at nine fifteen testing and he wants the best. He doesn't wanna just like when he was racing, he's taking that same attitude when he raced. You know, for Mitch, and you know, he'd worked for great teams. You know, he tested for Factory Honda, he raced for Mitch Payton, he raced the Yamaha Triad, Yamaha Troller, and the pinnacle of their team. And taking all that knowledge and all that equipment and then applies it to what we've done, and it's pretty uh, a lifestyle team.
0: Solid, man. Uh, so you were one of the first guys to uh, bring out the KTM 350 in uh, competition, uh, racing it at three nationals, uh, or 2010, and then also two in 2011. Uh, and then again, it, the following year, 2014, last year, uh, you raced it uh, at the the Glen Helen National. First of all, do you think we're going to see you line up uh, this year uh, on the 350? And uh, what's your affinity with uh, the... Odd, uh, odd displacement motorcycle.
1: I will be at Hangtown um, behind the gate. That's the plan. Uh, right on. On the three fifty, on the
0: 350,
1: 350. Nice. Um, and uh, the three fifty is my bike of choice. The four fifty is unbelievable. Um, it just, I like to be a little more aggressive on throttle. I'm not a super big guy, um, but. I ride so many bikes through the lineup testing from 125 to 450. I mean, I, I kind of choose the 350 because, I mean, tomorrow I might be on the 250S all day and then th- Thursday I might be on the 450 and then next week I might be on the 252 stroke. So the 350 kind of is like a cloud, of, you know, it, it blankets all of those. So that being said, I just love the the fun I have on the bike. The chassis is a little off. It's not super critical. Um, The power up top, it it, takes music to my ears. It's red so far. So I I prefer the power band of that, um, of the 350. Uh, I can ride it 100% for the duration of whatever I have to ride it. So that's why I prefer it.
0: That's awesome, man, and uh, like uh, all the things I've heard about the 350 is uh, basically uh, 250 on steroids. Uh, ride it like a 250, but all the grunt that you'd ever want out of a 450. Uh, kind of uh, the uh, a really nice balance there. Um, wish you the best of luck uh, in in a couple weekends' time, man. You must be excited.
1: Yeah, no, it's cool the the 350s. The um, you know, it, it it came out, and I think. Some people didn't give it the, the, the fair shake and only in two years after the first one it came out with like seven more horsepower than the launch in the first one. So in the Ed retrospect it could it came out that way, I think you'd see more people accepting it. But what we what we have in production in fifteen is actually stronger than what Andrew Short and Michael Webs raced on the year they raced through the nationals. So and in the in the supercross. So that's what people don't realize I mean it's stronger than the Honda 450 in production form like it's it's faster it's faster than the Suzuki in production form it's the third fastest production uh it's fourth fastest production 450 um right with the Cali so and the 350 so it's a pretty unbelievable motorcycle with the weight the weight of a um 250F really
0: Right on. Now, uh, you had mentioned that the 350 is music to your ears, and uh, music to most people's ears, for sure, is the sound of a uh, high-tuned two-stroke ripping up the hills of Glen Helen, something that you were able to do ahead of the pack during uh, this most recent uh, Super... two-stroke championships at Glen Helen uh, and you came out with the number one. Uh, you dropped two of them off of your bike and put one in the middle. Uh, you'll be returning, I'm sure next year uh, with the number one plate. Uh, tell us a little bit about that weekend and um, how awesome is it to just be on a two-stroke? I'm a two-stroke guy uh, for budget reasons more than any, but uh, it just love to be on those machines. Yeah,
1: that was a pretty cool weekend. Um, I've been, you know i missed it last year due to some work and i just couldn't get to it and uh, i uh, i bought myself a two one of our reference 2014 250s and bought a 300 kit onto the power parts department no porting and just fully went geeked out how to code the frame on so it looked current um did my suspension with factory services they dialed me in and man, I just put a bunch of bling on it. It's going to come out in the new trans world in the next month, issue, I believe. But it's all my friends that have rad parts, like, from Fast Company and Rentall and all these companies that I've worked with forever, we just, like, went full gangbusters. And I feel, I, I feel in the heart of hearts i built, like, the best, the best current two-strokes there is. And, you know, Don and Casey Davis, they're like, yeah, we'll do a story on it. And then I'm like, and I better do good at this race because this bike looks badass, you know. After that built me a custom that made 2.1 and muffler for it, and I'm like, shit, 34, and then I freaking line up to practice and it's like, I realized it's an off weekend for all the West Coast guys for Supercross, and most of the West Coast Supercross, like Supercross have like Scott champion, and or it was actually a weekend off of Easter, sorry, so everyone was off. Yeah, Kelly Rusk, Rusk was there,
0: Ruskers on the Yamaha. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of guys that, like, man, they're super gnarly. Like, I'm like, oh, man.
0: Tapia's and in I'm the mix. Like,
1: yeah, I'm like, man, these guys, these guys are racing for a living, and I don't race for a living anymore. I'm like, dude, hey, this is going to be a pretty, pretty big day. Like, and then Collier's in the 500, and that guy's insane. Like, that guy's like well machine was that in So smooth. And oh, yeah. He rides the 500 like it needs to be ridden, so I'm like, but honestly, when before I, before I when I came in from practice, my bike was dialed, and I'm like, dude, those guys don't know how to ride two-strips. They're here because there's money on the line—2,500 bucks for the win, like 1,500 for second, I'm like 700 for third. Colton Hanks there, Patrick Desimone. I'm like, he—he's guys don't know how to ride this. They're just showing up, borrowing some bikes. Like, I should be good. You're dialed, and um, yeah." But and you know what, to be fair, Sean Collier was the fastest dude, and me and his bike just like, literally fell apart in the first moto. Someone didn't shock bolt, and it fell and shot fell off and it ruined his bike and I just made it happen and, and like rode some smart laps and ended up winning that race, like the fastest guy that moto and won. Second moto, truck was rougher and honestly I was Reeling in the front group, like I had the whole, I had a whole of going into the second turn. The dude just cut the track, like they didn't have banners up, like typ- typical Glen Helen, and like I didn't, go, you can't, no parade lap. And I go into like the main rut, and like the Collier and two other dudes just like go twelve feet inside the track because there's no banners. I went from first to fifth in like one turn, uh. and I was like, this is not happening right now. And so I can I mean we all continue to take that line and that was kind of a racing thing. I mean I should have maybe walk the track, seeing that secret line. But long story short, I, I, I got lucky and Russ hit a rock and his bike started acting up and just fault I went one three for the overall and yeah, I'm stoked. Like my bike was insane. I was fit, I rode clean laps and I was the best racer of the day, but as far as fastest guy, Sean Collier was a man on a mission on the 500.
0: For sure. Well, I, you did take a, a moto win, so I, I wouldn't call that pure luck. And a third in, in that field is uh, nothing short of uh, pretty impressive. Uh, the W wheels looked unreal. Uh, the KTM sounded on crisp. Uh, of course, uh, little D hooking you up big time. And uh, of course, you always look like you're on point, man. And uh, for some reason, you like the black gear. Uh, before I let you go, last one I wanted to get like what's your uh, what's your deal with uh, dressing. Uh, uh, in the uh, the all black
1: I don't know a whole new rad like one industry's mix and match things pretty cool they're doing they're doing like a a new style like it, it's kind of funny that when they brought this to our attention when we're doing some gear lineup stuff like two years ago about future products and they're like, hey, we have this new idea of mix and match I'm like er, what I uh, wasn't too into it. But what it is, if you think about it, like, you know, we don't have, like, no, I don't personally, at least, I don't have, like, the same amount of shorts and the same amount of jeans in my closet But I do t-shirts. That's true. And you might wear a black pair of jeans and then wear a white, gray, blue, red shirt with a pair of jeans.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So one entry came up with that concept of doing, like, a blocking and, and masking off, you know, what they do with, like, you know, you can get a black pair of pants and then wear, like, a black jersey or a white jersey, or you can get a red pair of pants and wear a white and red jersey. And the you can blue poncho jersey. It. Yeah. So, I'm just uh, kind of having fun with it. The brand, like I said, has been behind me for so many damn years, and, and you know, it's it's been cool to see them evolve and, and change things up, literally, and mix it up, literally. So, it's... i just like to be a black man, like, you know, it's, it's cool. Like, it's a little more raw, a little more green. Try to be tough at 34, right?
0: For sure. You want to look like uh, Jeff Emig in
1: 97. Yeah, right. Now, just honestly, like, it sounds super lame super lamey, but I like to look good, man. Like, I want my bike... My bike's not dialed and looks trick and has cool parts on it, um, and my gear isn't dialed in. Like, I don't feel the same on the track. Like, I want to... I want to, like... You know, look good, feel good, is ride good is kind of how I want to start off my my day. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of just blend in, I guess you'd say.
0: Yeah, you got to make a statement. It's like uh, primetime is uh, Dion Sanders. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good, you good. And, uh know. Yeah. Michael Sleeter, it's been uh, a few more minutes than I said I'd keep you on for, but I needed to get all of these questions asked, and you answered them all expertly. Uh, thank you so much for giving me some time, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, for all those who are listening, please head over to uh, thecoffeeco.com. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Twitter. Check them out on Instagram because they always post pictures of sweet coffee and hot chicks. Um, yeah,
1: hot chicks, dude. We're about hot chicks.
0: Everyone's I'm about hot chicks. But
1: my wife my wife knows that everyone needs hot chicks in their life because she's hot so Perfect. she knows that you know you gotta you got have hot chicks with coffee like it doesn't make sense to have, I'm not gonna put fat chicks up there that's for sure
0: no 100% well uh, with that I'm gonna let you go my friend thank you so much for giving me some time uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, very lucky to have you on no worries thanks for having me on man take care man thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast brought to you by X Brand Goggles Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.